All right, welcome everyone to the Greatness Garage podcast. This is the place where small businesses get big answer. In here, you'll find ideas and answers to solve your small business problems and have the opportunity to add for accountability you need. We're calling it the garage because you need to be ready to get your hands dirty. We're not going to make false promises and we're not going to hide you from the true work to get results. In this podcast, you'll get insights from entrepreneurs who have gone through it and listen in as business owners who are going through it, get live directions from Jim and myself uh, to find solutions live on air. In addition to that, actually, we're actually going to follow up with participants off air and, and we're going to give you a feedback and progress from weeks and months later, wherever we are at and wherever that works. So your guides for this journey are going to be myself, Brad Borkus, and the, the famous James Keener. You know what? We both have a lot of scars of experience and and servant hearts to, to help you know, the listeners and participants alike. So Jim, give us your introduction. Let us know everybody who you're at. My name is Jim Keener. I'm from the podcast Maker of Kings. And uh, my goal is to provide uh, exponential value to the small business community. So I'm excited to get started. That's awesome. That's awesome. And those who don't know me, my name is Brad Borkus and I am a business coach and I help big thinking entrepreneurs create structure and organization in their lives so that they can reach the dreams they want. And today, you know, we're going to bring in, we got a special guest, Corey Cazares. Corey, introduce yourself a little bit, brother. I'm here mostly as a gym fan and secondly, hopefully be able to shed some light on uh, some of the topics we're going to talk about today. But small business is small business and in, in you know, one of the things that Jim's taught us over the years is that it doesn't matter what business you're in, you're in business. And there's so many unilateral principles that can be utilized and stressed. And hopefully my gym, my journey with Jim for the last two or three years will bring some of the stuff to light that we've talked about. And like you said, helping other small business owners out. Business is business. Yeah, that's a great point, man. You know, and it's funny when I talk with a lot of clients, a lot of times they say, you know, I'm just, um, I'm not really a business owner. <laughs> I always tell them you own a business, you're a business owner. So absolutely. Well done said, Corey. That's awesome. So I'll give a little insight into who HB. So HEB is, is big here in Texas. There is a passion here for, for HEB. There's two things here that Texans, they, they blow me away. It's hilarious. It's HEB and Bucky's. And if you don't know what Bucky's is, Bucky's is a convenience store. It's a, a truck stop and people here love it. My daughter has a Bucky the Beaver stuffed doll. Like they go crazy. And HEB is another one that they just love the brand. So if everybody doesn't know, uh, HEB would be the size of like a Kroger or an Albertsons or a Safeway, kind of that large, large regional grocery store. But they brought out an article here um, just the, the other week about how well they are prepared and, and how they've handled this pandemic and the response to it. And I'm just going to read through a couple quick things and then we can kind of just go into the discussion of what's all here. But here's a couple of things that they did in how HEB planned for the pandemic. So they put purchasing limits on products in early March. When just, just as you heard the toilet paper couldn't be found, they were putting product limits on, on purchases. They were reducing store hours, understanding that it was going to take a lot more time of stocking as product got massively pulled. So they reduced uh, uh, the store's um, operating hours. Um, they gave a $2 hour raise March 16th. So this is, you know, two weeks ago, they gave a, a $2 an hour ra uh, raise to everyone uh, because of the hazard pay that they, they felt they were going to be facing. And a lot of them are facing the, the customers. They said they've been working on their pandemic plan since 2005 when H5N1 first came up. And they did their first test run in 2009 with H1N1. 
Um, and, and so they, they um, also then was kind of really cool because my background, uh, the business that I used to own up in North Dakota was a di- food service distribution business. Uh, and they actually connected with a, a region, a large regional food service company called Labatt Food Service. And because of the restaurants, their demand massively dropped. So their capacity uh, for trucks and, and other stuff like that w- went way up. And they actually paired with them to help, you know, keep the, the, the overall capital investment down. And so they're basically renting truck space from Labatt. So very interesting, you know, the strategy of preparedness, just the overall mindset of read and react rather than focusing on real positive thinking or real negative thinking, very neutral thinking, better, very emergency preparedness. You know, like I said, I was a young firefighter paramedic. Uh, me and Brad, you've, we've talked about this. And yep. one of the things that they, they talk about is being aware when you arrive on scene, it's not what you wish it was or what you want it to be. It's what it is. And then it's about reading and reacting and relying on muscle memory and your training. And so Corey, you got some military experience. You probably have some form of uh, training that way as well. Yeah, dude, I, I think this goes along the lines of what you've said to us time and time again, where businesses individually are not facing anything unique. Everybody in your subset of industries is facing the same challenge. So I think the biggest thing here is not to give yourself that leeway, not to allow yourself to say, well, business would have been good right now if this wasn't the case. Well, guess what? All of your competitors, everybody in your sphere of business is competing on the same level because everybody's unilaterally affected the same way. Yeah. Individual industries may have their idiosyncrasies and their nuances and their own difficulties, but everybody in my industry, we're all fighting the same thing. And the winners are like you said before, Jim, the winners are going to be the people who don't allow themselves the excuse of COVID to come through. Sure, business is going to hurt, but don't allow that to be a reason. That's what I'm yeah. focusing on with my team right now. You know what, guys? And it's funny that you say that because one of the co-team that kind of their, their emergency response uh, teams, one is a Craig Boyan and the other is a guy named Justin Noakes, who when you search him up, right, his first posting comes up is he is the owner or the member of Texas Search and Rescue. So exactly, which is that training has come through into the business world to give sure. them that, that type of guidance. So that's pretty cool that you guys... Well, it's interesting. Yeah, you know, in I the military, you get used to that. You get used to not having what you yep. need to have because you're always operating in a pandemic, if you will. It's always a freak show. There's never enough of anything and everybody always wants more than you can give. And we've all got the same a lot of time and hours. So the military does give you that preface and that 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 ability to focus under pressure. It is a unique thing that I think veterans share. But uh, hopefully, hopefully the lenders of this country will start hearing that as they start toying with interest rates, knowing that we're going to make it through and be able to pay our mortgages. You know, one of the times I, I was on a call early on in my career about it, we had an Amtrak train hit a Hershey's chocolate syrup truck. So it was a, a truck hauling syrup. Ooh. And then the Amtrak train had collided. And there was a show way back in the ancient history called Rescue 911, where they used to reenact uh, these incidents. And so this is one of my first real um, major MCI, multi-casualty incident. And what was amazing was you're, you get the call that came in as a vehicle accident. And so you're mentally preparing yourself for a vehicle accident. And then you arrive on scene and you see to a Amtrak train lane on both sides of the tracks, you see people walking out of the fog covered head to toe in diesel mixed with chocolate syrup. You don't know if it's blood, syrup, diesel, Mm -hmm. what it is. There's things on fire. You know, it's, it's amazing what you have got to see when you show up on, on site with stuff like that. And, you know, I think you said it right, too. I think you said, uh, uh, Corey, that it was, it's a freak show. And I think that's the thing, right, is you get used to not, oh, my God, oh, my. And you kind of just go, hey, you know what this is? 
you have an ability to calmly observe and react. And, and I think that's one thing that, that military gives very special training to. And, and I think that's where you think a lot of executive teams hire out, whether it's CEO or whatever, you know, special military people to come help them train event stuff, that it is an amazing thing that you guys have as a gift to be able to, to see that stuff and be almost numb to it. And then know that once that's there, now I got to observe the rest and pick up what, what lessons I can pick up from this, huh? Yeah, there's definitely a flip side to that coin. Uh, the flip side of that coin is I just started taking this thing really seriously on Saturday. So when you have that training, you have that experience with freak shows and accidents and blood and diesel and chocolate all mixed together. You've got the experience where you're not panicking right away. And it gives you this lackadaisical falsity of reality where you're like, hmm, maybe... Maybe this isn't so bad. I'm going to go. Like, I was at the beach and getting yelled at for it by my wife because she doesn't want people to go out. But when you deal with this stuff constantly, you're a little bit more, like you said, numb to it. You brought it out, Brad. You're numb to it. Um, so, yeah, you have to actually force yourself to take this stuff seriously. So that way it's not serious when your bank account looks shot. You get there yeah. beforehand. <laughs> which brings us to survival planning for small businesses, right? which is overall the topic of what we're talking about today is come up with some real solutions to some real problems. You know, Corey, me and you talked about expansion strategies, but we've also talked about contraction strategies, right? So it's not just about being able to expand, replicate, and duplicate. It's also contract, regroup, retreat, reattack. And then what kind of survival strategy and cash flow requirements does a small business have in a downturn economy? So when you have a sudden downturn, What's the first instinct? Brad, what do you think your first instinct was once you got the, you started seeing the coverage of COVID? You retract. You retract and you, you know, tighten up and yeah. What about you, Corey? Yeah, it's about the same way. It's really just starting to reorganize your business. And because new people aren't going to be coming in, you start focusing on the people that are in with you and really start turning your attention to clients that you've served in the past, making sure they're taking care of them this time. Because when it comes back around, you know, the strong are going to get stronger in this market of attrition. I think the big fish get bigger and the small fish go nine, nine. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen you reactivate a lot of marketing. I've watched you on double down on groups and influencers and um, I've seen you all over Hawaii as far as different groups on Facebook, social. And so you've really done a good job of the uptick there. Actually, in my, my opinion, I'd say that you uh, have increased your marketing, at least what I've seen, maybe I'm looking more often on those channels, but I've seen more of it than in the past. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying because we got to remember that amidst all the panic, there are some finite issues here that we can focus on and get a little bit of stability from. And one of those is we've got a very definitive reason for our market turning down. So if our market does turn down, at least it's not, well, what happened? We didn't know the bankers were behind the scenes doing all this stuff like the last recession. No, we have a direct identifiable problem. And with finite things comes security. So we go, okay, well, is this going to be terrible afterwards? We know what's coming. We know it's coming back. America's not going to die because of a virus. We need to be poised for that return. And in order to do that, there's a lot of things. Like you said, scalability becomes key. How are we pulling back? Are we pulling back in ways that will affect us less in the future? Or are we shooting ourselves in the foot by knee jerking? And that's kind of yeah. where we're focusing. And that might be why you see us more in the community. But just to hear that you see it is awesome. I appreciate that. That's yeah, a great, yeah. that, that's a great point. You know, and, and even, you know, myself, as you know, as you have your initial reaction and then finding places to serve, like you said, the update of marketing, you know, I'm out there reaching out saying, Hey, where can I serve? You know, opening up, you know, asking people for that thing. But you mentioned a really good thing about um, the finite portion of it. And I actually cut a quote out of here by Justin Noakes. And it was really kind of important because today with a client, we were talking about something where 
there's the initial stress. And I was asking how the, the people in the organization were doing, right? And there's the initial stress and everybody does this. And then they kind of like, are, they're already in a week later, they're already kind of into new normal. They've kind yeah. of the new world order and here's how we're acting. We're, and so they kind of find comfort in that the setting is here. And what I told them is, is be careful because right now we're, we're all running on high stress, high octane, you know, high attention to detail. That's going to run out. And that's when the real fracture happens in the organization. And Justin Noakes mentioned it really good. He says, we're here to take care of our partners, take care of our customers, and take care of our community. So I think that it's really our number one focus. And what we're really trying to do is meet those objectives. But I will tell you that the challenge of it is the longevity. With a hurricane, you can see the wind coming, you can see the rain, you can see, uh, you can see an end in sight. We've been having conversations about how this equates to Harvey, which is the hurricane that uh, Texas went through. Um, and although we, it is very similar, there is not really a clear end in sight on when we think that we'll be out of this. On a twice daily basis, we're monitoring trends in Europe, China, and so that we can forecast estimates on when we think we'll be out of this. But unlike an, er, a hurricane, we just can't see it. So yeah. it's interesting how that that shows up, huh? So Brandon says break. Brandon, Bren, he's, he's giving it going. It's time to roll. So <laughs> I love it. Well, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, when you got a situation like this, there's a lot of good strategy out there on what you should be doing. A lot of people are are reaching out. I'm sure you're dealing with that, Brad, asking what to do next, what to do now. Absolutely. And, uh, where should I be doubling down? And I think it's it's that white glove approach, right? It's taking care of your customer. We talked about um, 80% of your business comes from 20% of your clients. Reach out to those clients, make sure that they're well taken care of and uh, double down on strategic targeted marketing to the clients who can make the biggest difference in your life. Corey, he's, uh, you know, he's all over the real estate genre. But one thing about that guy, I'll tell you, he'll take on a deal um, out in the middle of Waianae or he'll take on anything that he can get. And he, he treats them all the same. One thing I got to say is he treats all his customers the same, um, equally terrible. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he really goes out of his way to do a real good job for his people. And uh, I think that that's, that's the reason he's on top. Yeah, I think, dude, if we're going into small business, we got to mention that half the time you're spending on how to you know, make money, how to sell your product, how to move your wares. The other half the time is how do I keep my team cohesively bonded to me? And I think a lot of us as team leaders are searching, searching for ways, reasons for people to stay with you and be with you as far as your business is concerned when they're getting recruited from everywhere. And that aspect, COVID-19 is a godsend because we've all of us are in a position where people are looking to us. And in that situation, that's where you can provide value. And in a team leader position, you're always looking for how to provide value. This is, is never seen before. So the way we conduct ourselves is going to be our strength on the way out. Yes, people are watching. That's for sure. They're watching to see if we get spooked. They're really going to get spooked. Yeah. Brad, any challenges you guys are facing out in Texas? You know, I, I think the big thing is, you know, with Texas being so large, right, there is the large metropolitan areas that are really trying to stay inside and try to, you know, they're, they're seeing the exposure and the, the numbers pop, 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 pop. But then you get West Texas, right, where they're going, hey, there's no problems out here. Like, what are you talking? So there's this kind of this dichotomy of different scenarios that are, are having some conflicts on that. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge that they're seeing is that they're, it's not a factor and it's a huge factor and then trying to kind of find the difference between. But yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. And, you know, it's funny that you brought that thing up about, you know, keeping um, our employees bonded to us and, you know, how do we keep them connected in that way? Mark Cuban had a thing just yesterday that said, the way that we handle this incident and our employees will affect our brand for the next 10 years. And, you know, and it, it is scenario like when we are going through this, 
Are we showing our, not only our employees, but our, our customers, clients, patients, that we truly care for what they're going through and, and the experience that they're going through? And I think that's, that's going to be a significant factor too. And so I think in, in Texas, I think we're also kind of seeing that thing. How do we, how do we manage the new normal? Yeah. Sure. You know, in our business, we have a couple different lines. One is the wedding business. My wife runs Hawaiian Fresh Farms. It's a wedding business out in Waterloo, Hawaii. And they have absolutely shut down to zero. They have nothing. Mm. All the bookings, everyone's canceling. Um, it's just come ground to a halt. And then uh, one of the construction companies that on that service side of the business, it's staying really busy and they're gaining traction. And on the construction side, it's ground to a halt. And so it depends on the segment inside of the industry that's actually producing. And some segments are still producing fine and are seeing an uptick and other segments are dead. So it's, um, you know, I've spoke about multiple income streams on a regular basis and I preach about having five income streams. And so in this type of a situation, if I was all geared towards the primary income stream and that ground to a halt, I'd be in a whole different situation. I want to merge those two because both of you guys brought up really, really good points. And to me, they're congruent with each other, meaning that Brad was talking about the community's understanding of who we are, which if we boil it down is our story. What's our story we're telling to our community? Hey, I'm Corey. I'm a veteran and I sell real estate, but that's not my story. That's what I do. My story is what I'm in it for to help other veterans build wealth through real estate. So our story after this is going to become important, mostly because competition has whittled out the product. A lot of people buy what they buy because the story behind it. People are buying the why of the product. Simon Sinek, you know, is as odd as he is, would hit that one on the head, man. People buy why you do what you do before they buy your product. And after this is done, and we have a retrospective look at it, we're going to be able to see that everybody's flaws are going to be exposed on paper and in news. They're going to see how the companies handle. So the companies that do this the right way will lose some short-term money and lose some short-term account because they're going to be paying people that aren't earning for them. But afterwards, it's going to pay in droves because everybody can outsource a product to China and make it cheaper. People don't buy the cheaper product as much as they buy the right product these days. So this is going to be a telltale sign for people and who they are and what their service is and why they do it. Blending it with what Jen said, having multiple different income streams. I don't care if you have one business. I'm in real estate. Let's say all I do is real estate. I have two income streams. One is my product, which I don't control the amount of homes that hit the market. Two is my image, which I do control why people are doing it. So if you don't think you have two income streams, you actually do. You've got what people think of you and your why and what you're portraying to the company, to the country, which is what you can focus on now when you can't focus on the business of income into your company selling your widget. So I think it's a beautiful, uh, a beautiful topic for people to focus on. Get your why out there right now. This is the time to prove it. Brand messaging. Yeah, 100%. Position yourself, position yourself in your market as an industry leader, add value. The, the key is just value, really. If you can add more value than people are paying for, you're going to have all the clients you need. And uh, there's a lot of value people out there that try to give you great value at a discount. And then there's other people that charge you the true value because they get you the desired outcome. And so, um, you know, you got to choose your market demographic. You got to choose your brand messaging. You got to get the proper brand messaging out to the proper people and get enough impressions so you can gain some popularity through this downturn time. Yeah. And, f- and find out what's resonating. You know, that's one thing. One of the things I put as the tips is I said, what do you do in this? I go meet them where they're at, you know, find out what you, what your market needs to hear and where you can support and serve them at and be there with them, you know? And, and if, if it's education, just teach them how, like, you know, with, with the homes, teach them what the finite, give them the lessons in the class. If they're not in the, in the buy mode right now, but they can learn, 
meet them there and let, let's really, you know, kind of help them out and serve. Yeah. He does a wonderful job. Corey does of that. He's, he does yeah, seminars. Sure. He does I saw that. Yep. Home buying yeah, he things. Got to. He got he's, to. Got, he's got it locked down. No question. Yeah. He got to. That's for sure. As long as I don't give myself that leeway that I have some special scenario that nobody else is dealing with, then we're going to remain responsible to ourselves. I have to answer to my family at the end of the day and I can't use COVID as an excuse. So what's our next mm-hmm. I literally bought a house in California two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> Dang, I know a good realtor out there when you're ready. He just got licensed out there. He's you did, somebody right? on this podcast, but I don't want to make it too easy. So, you know. Just... I love it. I love and, it. And I don't know shit about home. So let's just. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I started doing is when we got into Trusted Sons, uh, the handyman company, I, I said, you know, one of my concerns is I want to be gaining some, some traction on some assets when we go out there. So, I found a home that I could run the business out of to start with in Central California and uh, lock that down at an all-time high in the market. It's crazy. Gave them a dis, you know, discounted offer. They took it, and so I'm in the in the fight. So I'm going to turn that into our 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 business home. You know, each each franchise we take on, each bit of ground we take, we uh, we're going to pick up another house. And start uh, on the flip side. We'll just do that as a fixer upper and use that as our training house for the team when we break them into a new market. The OJT house. That's it. The OJT house. Yeah. Train them on the one you own. And then uh, if there's no work in the market, they always got traction. They can gain working back at the home front and just keep adding value and just do one at a time down the road. And, you know, then it, then now it's a real estate play. I stole that from McDonald's where they're in the real estate business using yes. hamburgers to pay for their real estate. Right. So yep. I'm same thing. That's a good, hey, that's a good model to follow. You know, I guess I want to bring up one for you guys. Um, have you guys heard of the Stockdale paradox? Nope. Jim Collins, good to great. He brought up with the Stockdale paradox and the Stockdale, Stockdale was in Vietnam and he was at the, uh, the Hanoi Hilton for, oh, I can't remember how long he was there. Seven years. I think it might've been, but anyway, he talked about how, you know, certain people that made it through that and, and didn't make it through that. And he asked him who didn't make it through. And he said, optimistic. The person who says, oh, we'll be out of here by Christmas. And then Christmas comes and they don't make it and their heart breaks and their spirit breaks. And he said, you know, the the paradox, uh, the Stockdale paradox is, is this. It's on one hand to retain the faith that you will prevail in the end, regardless of the difficulties, at the same time confronting the most brutal facts of your current realities. You know, and, and, and being able to get through situations of, of understanding, say, hey, I believe we'll make it through this, but we could lose loved ones. We could lo- like the understanding what is possible so that you don't have that emotional reaction when that truth hits, when that truth shows up. And I thought it was a, a really, you know, poignant for this is as we're going through, there is some significant brutal facts that are in front of us. And I think you guys mentioned too, I, I think unfortunately President Trump is not appreciating them. He's, he's trying to look that optimistic. Easter, he said Easter because it sounded good, but that's yeah. not what we want. Right? We want to be making them on the brutal facts and say, hey, this, and I think that's why everybody right now likes the uh, Dr. Fauci. Um, Fauci, thank you, Fauci. Because I think he's got that kind of ability to tell you, hey, this is what it is. I believe we'll get through it and we will be yeah. fine as a country, but we're going to take some hits along the way. So what is your guys' approach to that or, and, as you hear that? My position is is merely it, it takes what it takes. Um, mm. You know, I don't control one, one metric of the equation, so I don't know what's going to happen. I only know I have to control myself and how I respond to whatever it is that happens. And so as long as you're committed to do whatever it takes, and in your mindset is neutral, which is it takes what it takes, 
And whatever that is, is what it is. And if you're willing to pay any price, you'll be just fine. It's when you set a price to pay and you're not willing to pay the price, that's when you don't meet mm. that objective. And so what I realized is just keep it open, you know, not be too over. I'm not super happy and I'm not super sad no matter what happens. So as a result, I think it just keeps me middle of the road. I practice neutral thinking. I focus on what is, not what it, what the rosy is, what, what looks good, not positive thinking or not negative thinking. Merely read and react. You arrive on scene. You're given a set of circumstances. You got to deal with them, and it is what it is. That's 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 you know that, that more that realist approach. Yeah, sure, absolutely. That's Corey. What about you? I, yeah, I, I can't say it any better than you just said. Focus on what is what is. Um, the emotional aspect of this thing is the roller coaster. The finances aren't even that crazy. Everything's happening exactly like we thought it would. If you sure. could say this was going to happen. 20, 20 days ago, 30 days ago, exactly what you would have said happened, happened. Yep. So we're not being surprised or overwhelmed by the financial markets or by business being slow or by these different markets. It's interesting to find out, like I talked to my brother, he manages, I think, 40 warehouses for, for FedEx from Salt Lake City all the way to the West Coast. And they were delivering to stores, but stores were closed. So they weren't taking the delivery. So they're bringing them back to the thing. But Chinese are starting up reproduction again. So they're starting to ship boats over here again. So now they've got product coming from another country and nowhere to put it. And that, so these types of things are interesting and there's learning points in all of them, but none of this shit's surprising. We know, we could have sat down and surmised what was going to happen with our own intelligence. I don't need an actor for a president to tell me what's going to happen, right? So if you just stay away from the emotional side, you can actually prepare pretty decently. As long as you're a reasonably intelligent human being, it's not that crazy. We're going to be here. We're going to need to conserve, tighten some bootstraps and all that good stuff. But guess what? I'm looking forward to the aftermath because I'll be there. And, and, you know, it's funny with some of the stuff that we've shared out with, with employee or with different clients that I've had is, is one, you know, there's a couple different things that, you know, get, you know, line of credits, get down your cash, give yourself the most ability to react, the ability to, to, to make decisions, you know, see what's out there, have your, 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 your planning. You know, they say nobody plans to fail. They fail to plan. You know, I, I think that's the thing is where they're, they're caught up in the emotion of, of running around and chasing down what's going on versus just saying, Hey, Let's set down a, a potential plan that, 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 you know, we're going to react to this. And I think you said it right, too. Like, it, none of this is outlandish at all, right? And I think, you know, you look at this and the, 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 the big thing I think happens is when you are honestly looking at this and you said, here's how far I have to cut, are you willing to do that? You know, the, my, my wife is an occupational therapist and a lot of the people, and she specializes with um, patients with limb loss. And a lot of times I always, you know, to me, I said, oh, what was the accident or what happened or something like that. And a lot of times there's something called sepsis. And, and sepsis is, is where if it's gangrenous or something like that, it gets into the bloodlines and they actually lose more of a limb than if they would have, you know, cut the limb off earlier. But they couldn't make that decision or somebody didn't make that decision. And, you know, that sometimes is the thing that we have to realize is that the decision we have to make, it might be clear and it might be simple. But we have to know it, it may not be easy at all. And, and so, you know, you guys, what have you gotten to the point where there's been situations like that for you? I got an easy one. And it comes from thinking smarter, not harder. This all happens in a convenient time for business owners, meaning this is the time we get to choose to give government money for taxes. One of the things we've already decided is, man, we're really grateful you guys push back the tax deadline, but there's a far chance in hell you're getting 120000 of my dollars until we figure out what's going on. So right now it's tax season when people like us pay taxes. My wife and I have our tax account. We're getting ready to pay our taxes. We don't know what the exact number is yet, but we know it's upwards of six digits. 
So guess who's not getting their check? The government isn't. And we're going to hold on to that for a little while. And if I have to pay some penalties, great. Guess what? My daughter will eat. We'll all pay our mortgage. We won't be lumped into the madness and we'll pay it back a little bit later. I agree. Conserve cash. Yeah. Conserve cash. You know, the interesting question I had for you, Brad, is what is the advice you give clients on leverage? Because I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, is now the time to borrow everything I can? Rates will never be lower. And the money's better suited in my hands and the government's hands. Why wouldn't I just pull the trigger? You know what? I, I think one of the, the biggest concern I always say with, with, with gathering that money or especially taking on loans and, and stuff like that is if there's not intentional use for it, it tends to just matriculate out and it's gone. And we spent it on stuff in the end that didn't create value within our organization. So one of the things is if you're right now for, for, for the short-term security purpose of it, it gets locked in that savings account and don't you dare touch it. Like, you know what I mean? Have a, have a triple signer, have everybody have keys that they have to have to be able to all do it at the same time. So don't touch it. If you are going to bring out cash, you're right. Cash, this is a great time to do it, but you got to have intention with it. If you don't know exactly what you're going to be doing with it, it's going to go into the ether and you're going to lose that cash and you're going to have debt left behind. So I, I think in that side, I think it's, it's, it's important to do that. So, well, awesome. So, are we getting hardship discounts on pulling money out of IRAs right now? Yeah, so, yeah. You, the ten percent. Yeah, you you don't have to pay the ten percent penalty for pulling it out of IRA. We're yeah. rolling all ours over. When I used to build helicopters, I didn't know I had an IRA. They called me the <laughs> other day. I wasn't a bunch. There was like fourteen grand in there, so I just rolled it over to my my uh, financial advisor. Like, well, dude, I just found money. <laughs> yeah. And then part of that too, in, in that 10% too, like says, I think if you're using the part of a structural investment strategy, it might be good to pull that out. Because, you know, if you can pull that out when, when tax rates give you more flexibility, or you're, you're, as long as there's a strategy intentional there, yeah. So, hey, Corey, give a, tell us a little bit more. How do you serve? Like, you know, what, what, is, what is your pitch? How do you serve your customers and, and how can they connect with you? Oh, it's an easy part for me. We, we serve us, essentially. There's a reason why people like me can do well in real estate. It's not because we're collegiately educated or handsome per se, which just happens to be true. <laughs> and we, you know, we don't have any like miracle going over our team. What we are are our customers 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago. We are a, a company called Military Home Source, and we help veterans uh, use their VA benefit to invest in their families' lives. And the whole reason for it is very, very simple. There is a large difference. The shadow is long between two veterans that served the same exact amount of time, were the same rank, and got out on the same day. They could be miles apart, and the difference is what they do with their benefits while they're in. So as a veteran myself, we don't get taught about the VA home loan benefit. We don't get taught about these things. Um, and our goal is to help educate everybody we can to understand these things. Because if there's one benefit I can help people with that I can understand completely, help them understand completely to the point where they can affect their friends' lives, it's real estate. It's not a difficult thing. It's not rocket science. It's very simple. and It's been laid out very, very clearly. Really, the goal isn't teaching people to buy a house because everybody knows that that's a good idea. Really, the goal is to get people who are not what we consider low-hanging fruit in our industry. How do we educate the people who weren't looking to be educated because they didn't even know what they were missing? Those are the people we try and reach. And that's been our business strategy is just trying to find the people who didn't know they have what they have. If you're looking to affect somebody on a granular level on the ground floor, name a better way than removing a 20% pay to play fee from the ability to invest half a million to $4 million. I mean, these guys don't have to put any money down. I think if everybody in our state of Hawaii was given the opportunity and they said, do you want to live in the place your house as a renter or an owner? Everybody would choose owner yeah. most of the time. The difference is they can't afford the entrance fee. 
they can pay the monthly payment because they are. They're paying rent. They can't afford the entrance fee to the game of ownership. And the military waives that fee for our guys. And that's what we try and do is help them understand what the advantage in that is and how they can take advantage of it. Well, and, and you know, they always say that you can't take a client or you can't take even a customer deeper than you've been yourself. And I think part of it, you know, your experience going through and showing them, here's how you did it, here's what you learned. And I think the fact that you're, you seem like a very personal guy, right? But the ability to have that relationship with people and show that you care, I'm guessing you knock out of the park and I think people are, are wise to reach out and, and use your services. We hope so, man. We're about to find out in the next four weeks how strong character rolls, buddy. It's fun to talk about about character but when that shit don't buy you pizza it turns its page a bit but we're gonna find out i'm not worried i'm not worried james keener told me three years ago you have me in your life you don't need to be worried about anything i'm still feeling pretty good so let's roll you're feeling safe i love it i love it hey man i love it i love some and brad what about your brad what about your coaching tell me a little bit about that how we get a hold of you yeah, you know what? So the, the best way to get a hold of me is you just go to callwithbrad.com. It, it, it sets up a 30-minute call and we can talk about wherever it needs to go for you for right now. And, and, and what I really do is I explore wherever somebody's at and I meet them where they're at. And we answer the questions of where they're at there. And then if they decide that there's more support they need, we get the, we get the support that they need. And it's really that simple. It's an open conversation. You know, I've been blessed. I actually went through the experience um, of growing. We're going to talk about the business that I was running up in North Dakota, and I grew this business, and I was able to sell this business in, in 2014, and, and I, I was able to, to now get into coaching and give back. And it was really, you know, I, when I came back to North Dakota, uh, uh, I started coaching football as a way to give back. And I now coach business as a way to give back. It's just it's such a beautiful, you know, way for me to, to help people get to be able to do what I did. And uh, it's just, we just go from there. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty simple process, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So. Love it. Good job. Good job. Yeah. So, well, and you know, and Jim, you know, we're just actually, we're, we're all kind of talking about these things, you know, Jim, you were talking about uh, some multiple streams of income and, you know, you said you're developing kind of a cool project up in Oregon, right? That's correct. Yeah. So I've, I've ventured off into some of these other uh, spaces, as you will, uh, cannabis, hemp, and the mushrooms, the medicinal mushrooms. And so uh, we're getting real ramped up out there. We got uh, our cannabis companies called Sweetgrass. Our uh, hemp company is called Wildflower. And our mushroom company is called ClearMind. And so uh, we're in the process of building out those brands and ramping up there. And in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of me, you can go to sunxsolutions.com and talk to Michael over there. Take a look. One of the companies we built provides all the services that small businesses need. So if they can be of value, you can certainly reach out there. That's awesome. And hey, listeners, just so you know, too, we're going to put links down in the um, in the, the Zoom chat, but we'll put it also in the podcast. We'll put some links for you guys to click on them and really kind of just check everyone out and, and see what they can do to help you out. So that's awesome. Hey, Jim, before we go too far, that CBD that you gave me is amazing. And I need another bottle. And I I can't order it to Hawaii. So I need to come out there and see you, man. That, uh, I'm just about running out. All right. All right. All right, guys. Nice chatting with you all. 